Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. The Swedish soccer team, the women. Sweden riding a 17-game unbeaten streak dating back to last year. The Swedes last lost on March 7, 2020, a 2-1 defeat to Denmark in the Algarve Cup. Since then, they've accumulated 14 wins and three draws. They're a perfect 5-0 in the Olympics. They haven't needed extra time or penalties in any of their wins. They opened a tournament with a convincing 3-0 win over the top-ranked United States and ended the Americans' 44-game unbeaten run. Sweden has also defeated Australia and Japan, two other top-10 teams. Oh, God. Canada. All right. Canada's uh, kept seven clean sheets in 12, the last 12 matches, including both matches in a knockout round of the Olympics. Brazil and the United States had scored a combined 17 goals and were both shut out against Canada. Canada has allowed more than one goal just once in the last year. Wow. Got to like the under, Julio. Got to like the under. Uh, Canada is the only love- team in women's soccer to have reached a podium in the last three Olympic Games. Sweden have never won a gold medal or a women's World Cup either. So it's a big time game. Who do you like, Julio? I love the under. I'm going to go under a half a goal, first half, plus 128. I'm going to go Canada to win 1 0, plus 815. I'm also going to take a stab at nil nil correct score after 90 minutes at plus 5.25. And I'll put a little sprinkle on 1-1 one, one correct score, plus 5.50 as well, Gabe. I like your, I like your style. Matthias, Sweden, Canada women. What's your prediction? Gabe, after Sweden beat the U.S. in the first game, I thought to myself, these girls are ready to be champions, and they have shown me nothing except that for the whole tournament. I'm going with Sweden 2-0, maybe even 3-0. It's their time right now. Oh. They were built to win right now. Hey. They've shown. 
Hey, Canada just beat the United States too, huh? Yeah, but they they beat him with luck, Gabe. They beat him with luck. They got one shot on goal, and it was a PK. You know, luck. It, it was their day. It to was get a win. A medal. I'll give them that. It All was right. Their day to get a medal. No, no, to get a medal. What about Brazil? Canada was underdogs again. Oh, they can't beat Brazil. Brazil are too talented. What's that chick's name on Brazil? Nina? What's her name? Marta. Mina? Nina? Yeah. Marta. Marta. All right. My bad. Marta. My Brazil bad. Do anything in this World Cup? <laughs> my bad. Nina. 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 Marta. 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 My bad. Marta. Yeah, yeah. Christine St. Clair hugged her after. Yeah, yeah. Marta. <laughs> hey, listen. I know she's old, but still. Brazil were favorites against Canada. Canada found a way. You, they, they, they lost 36 matches in a row to the U.S. and they found a way. They could beat Sweden. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. What, what, what can we get Canada plus one at? It's not bad, actually. Give, give me Canada, Julio, plus one. I like Let's your see, Canada, what, at plus one? <laughs> or that we can win? No, I believe it. They can win. I legitimately, they can. If they lose, I'm telling you right now, Canada will lose in like penalty kicks or like extra time, Julio. I like your style, Julio. I think we can go under one and a half at plus money. Yeah. Let's do it. Good luck tonight. Thank you. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. It's level three. Thanks to Big Card Julio, Julio Rosario, the Windy City DJ and Olympic Sports Report. It was a lot of fun. We'll get back to Chicago stuff. Uh, in the future with Julio, but we got Jamie uh, Jamie Eisenberg stepping up in it. CBS Sports going to talk some NFL football. We can guarantee you this is the only damn show in the world that'll go from men's diving platform and give you Yang Jian um, in the men's 10 uh, 10 meter diving, China China uh, to to win. Yeah, he's the favorite, but he's going to win. We're on the Netherlands in the women's cycling relay race. Women's cycling. It's called under Madison. It's called. Uh, because I guess evidently they used to have uh, cycling races at Madison Square Garden. So I don't know, they, it's whatever. It's like historic thing. So it's called Madison. Uh, Madison Cycling's relay. Give me the Netherlands, the Dutch. Give me the Dutch uh, to win. Uh, we were just talking some soccer. We got Sweden and Canada coming up, the gold medal, women's soccer. And damn, man, we're going over the numbers as far as the Swedes are concerned. Man. All right, so Sweden. Sweden uh, riding a 17-game unbeaten streak. Uh, perfect 5-0 and in the Olympics. The United States of America, the girls had a 44-game unbeaten streak going, and uh, Sweden beat them 3-0. But Canada also beat the U.S. Yeah, was it 3-0? No, but I don't care what the final score is. They won. They also beat Brazil. Canada also has seven clean sheets in their last 12 games. Canada is also a team of destiny. A team of destiny. I tell you what, their goaltender, LeBay, is, um, she's on fire, all right? Great goaltender. Are Sweden a better team? Probably, overall. You know, they play in, you know, they play in the, the, the women's Euro League and stuff, but so do some of the Canadian girls, right? Canada, Canada's not just a bunch of girls uh, here put together. They got some world-class, world-class players. Becky is really, really good. Sinclair is past her prime right now, but LeBay is a world-class goaltender. I think Canada are a live team. I really like the under two and a half guys, but the problem is you got to lay a lot of juice to do it. It's minus 250 for under two and a half. You can go under one and a half at plus 120, but yeah, that's kind of risky. I think the under two and a half is great parlay material. Let's talk some fantasy football. 
See what show goes from men's diving, women's soccer, into one of the best fantasy football guys in the business, Jamie Eisenberg. Coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. The Late Night Anger Management Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci, and there's no more countdown. Football is here. The preseason has arrived, which means 100 millions of Americans are ready to start drafting. Fantasy football season is here. Let's bring in the best in the business right now. I always love talking fantasy football with CBS uh, Sports.com, CBS Sports fantasy football guru, Jamie Eisenberg steps up in it. Jamie, it's always a pleasure, my man. Happy football season. How you doing? I'm doing great. Football's back. Thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you. Uh, you know what? I've enjoyed your content already. I, You know what? I'm not crazy like you guys. I haven't... Um, I haven't uh, drafted anybody yet, but I'm going to start putting my leagues together, and I can't wait. So, uh, you know, first things first, I hate having the first pick in the draft, Jamie. I just do. Are you a fan of getting the first? Let's say it's a 12-team league, um, and you get the first pick. I personally hate it. Are you a fan of getting the first pick in the draft? Uh, I am. Uh, I would like to get the best player and uh, let the chips fall where they may with everything else. So, um, you know, it's never a bad idea to start your team with, a guy in Christian McCaffrey who's been, you know, clearly coming off an injury-plagued season from a year ago, but when he's been on the field, including last year, if you go points per game, he was the number one running back in football. So uh, it, it's 
wide receiver is a very deep position. You can get really two great players on, on the swing picks on the way back. You know, you probably see uh, one of the top three or three to five quarterbacks still available if you want to go that route. Still a couple good running backs also. So I have no problem going first overall. So interesting that you you bring up Christian McCaffrey first because I was gonna I was gonna ask you like in past years. There's sort of been that slam dunk, or at least sort of what people thought was a slam dunk, you know, in Christian McCaffrey and a Saquon Barkley, you know, a- Antonio Brown going back uh, a couple of years. Is McCaffrey that slam dunk to you? Is he head and shoulders above everybody? So for people that get the first pick, is that the guy? Because me personally, and listen, I'm not questioning you, man. You know a hell of a lot more about fantasy football than I do, but I don't know if I fully trust him, Jamie, as far as health is concerned. I think a lot of people share that sentiment, and I get it. But, you know, there, you could start to look at the guys that are going to go around him. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamar, Derek Henry. You could find flaws for all of them. Yeah. Um, if McCaffrey had not gotten hurt last year, I, I don't know if he would have replicated his record-breaking season from the year before with a new coaching staff, new quarterback, you know, everything that happened with the Panthers. But in the games that he did play, and there was only three of them, uh, he was still a monster. And so what he does catching the ball, uh, that's a difference maker. He still works at the goal line. That's a difference maker. Um, they don't really have a lot of competition for him. You know, they drafted a kid in Tuba Hubbard. I don't think he's going to take him off the field for significant stretches. So as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to have a monster season once again. You know, we can never really bank on injuries unless there's been consistent proof of that year over year over year. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey hasn't shown us that. So as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be an absolute star. And, you know, you can talk about injuries for everybody. So I totally get that. And and they're probably going to be playing in some pretty high-scoring games uh, as well as the season goes on. So let's okay, after McCaffrey, as far as the running backs are concerned, so Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's a beast when he's on the field, but there's been injury concerns with Dalvin Cook. I'm a big, big Derrick Henry fan. Alvin Kamara, talk to me about Kamara and how does he fit in how do you think he fits in? You know, how, how do you see this new Saints offense, Jameis Winston, uh, pad um, pad practice and drills, notwithstanding, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, uh, learn how to run through the pads. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for anybody that's listening that watches our show on CBS Sports HQ, uh, we do our fantasy football show every day at noon Eastern. Um, and we have our guys uh, at CBS, our, our football reporters that are out and about on training camp tours, so I pre-taped an interview with uh, Pete Prisco, who's you know covered the NFL for 30 plus years. He knows the league as well as anybody. Uh, he's in New Orleans today, and so um, you know, big question clearly is what who's going to be the quarterback, and and how is that going to impact Kamara? Because that's the big question for everybody. And so he said he caught uh, almost everything thrown to him today. He, he seems like he's going to be more involved in the this according to Pete. He's going to be more involved in the passing game maybe than ever before, uh, with Michael Thomas being down for you know presumably the first six games of the season. So in the games that Thomas has missed over the course of Kamara's tenure there, Kamara's been an absolute rock star. Now, clearly that is with Drew Brees, so you got to take into account that Taysom Hill and Kamara did not connect to the same level last year. You wonder with Jameis, who's had, you know, they have to essentially beat the Bruce Arians out of Jameis Winston's head. And, and I mean, what I mean by that is Jameis in that offense in Tampa Bay when he was there was always looking down the field because that's Bruce yeah. Arians' offense. Well, Sean Payne's offense is not necessarily the same thing. It's get the ball a little bit quicker, uh, more precision throws, which is why Breeze has been so successful in that system because he's such an accurate quarterback. So whoever the quarterback is knows to get the ball to Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think he's the third guy in anything where catches count. He's the fourth guy in it in the leagues where – Non, you don't get points for receptions, and that's where Derrick Henry comes in as the third guy because you don't look at a guy that led the league in rushing for two straight seasons, has the chance for 15-plus touchdowns, and say that guy shouldn't be drafted in the top three in leagues where you don't get catches, 
We know he's not going to catch the ball, but he's still such a stud running the ball. So those are the top four. Again, three and four alter for me, depending on the format. CBS Sports, Jamie Eisenberg uh, with us. It's it's almost like it's rare to see Saquon Barkley in the eight hole or in that neighborhood. So we have uh, Zeke Elliott and, and his new his new physique, uh, Nick Chubb and his new contract, Aaron Jones in Green Bay, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor in that sort of tier two group. Who are you looking at? Is there someone in this in this group that you think that could put up sort of tier one numbers with, with the Cooks, with the McCaffreys in that Chubb, Jones, Barkley? And what about Jonathan Taylor? I mean, he's going to have a target on his back and an X on his back right now, considering the quarterback situation there, right? So what's your opinion on that sort of, you know, right there for people that are going to be drafting their first running backs that didn't get the first pick and, you know, the third, fourth pick, et cetera? I'm, I'm, I'm so, you know, frustrated with the Barkley situation. I'm, I'm sure the Giants are. Barkley is probably himself, but he's not out there, you know, coming back from the ACL and that, you know, I, I get being smart and wanting to take things slow with him, make sure he is 100% because you want to have him for week one, not week one of training camp. But I was, you know, considering him as a, as the fifth guy uh, initially. So if he's healthy and right, he could easily be in that top five group. Uh, you mentioned Zeke, you know, and, and he was uh, off to a great start last year with Dak Prescott. So I'm going to give him a pass, losing Prescott, losing that offensive line. I think he's got a chance to, you know, be in the top three uh, if things go right for him. The guy that you mentioned in this group that is probably the, uh, not necessarily the most polarizing, but he certainly is, is a guy that, you know, can kind of fall to the back end of the first round or, or maybe be uh, in this group uh, and maybe the top of this group is Aaron Jones. You know, I, I think people yeah. overlook the fact that, He's been so good the last two seasons with, with Matt LaFleur. Uh, clearly, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP last season for a reason. He was awesome. But so was Aaron Jones. And they lose Jamal Williams. And so the hope would be is that what he might lose a little bit in the run game because of A.J. Dillon, because I think you're going to see a little bit more work for the second-round pick from a year ago. And why would you not want to get that big physical body on the field? Uh, but I think where the, the, the benefit for Aaron Jones will be is in the passing game. We know the Packers throw to the running backs as much as anybody uh, over those two years. Whenever Jamal Williams has missed time, Aaron Jones' numbers in the passing game have spiked. So... Uh, he's going to be a, a big piece of his offense without question. Uh, if the offensive line, you know, they they lost a couple guys. Uh, Bakhtiari is still battling back from that knee injury himself. So as long as that offensive line is still good, uh, if not great, and Aaron Rodgers, as we know, is, is thankfully back, uh, Aaron Jones is a guy that you can, you know, get at the back end of the first round and have maybe a, a top three player at that position. It's interesting that you say that because I think I'm guilty of it as, as well. I mean, Aaron Rodgers takes up so much oxygen when it comes to the coverage of this team, right? And then we talk, you think of Devontae Adams, you think of you think of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Nobody talks about Aaron Jones. And even I'm talking like mainstream football coverage of Aaron Jones. And he probably does fall a little bit because of that. I think I'm guilty of it myself, Jamie. Well, it, it, and I think one thing that if you just, you know, look at the Packers and their track record, they never pay guys. They usually, you know, use them and abuse them and then let them walk out the door. They paid Aaron Jones, and they played a guy at that position to come back and be the catalyst of that offense. You know, so I think that's telling, you know, that they had geared up. It's why they, you know, I think we're so reluctant to move Aaron Rodgers and trying to make this work however they possibly can for this season because they have a Super Bowl caliber team, and, you know, he's a big piece of that. So um, I, was, I was concerned about Aaron Jones in, in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers, you know, potentially getting traded, and if he was going to be gone, I wasn't going to trust Jones with Jordan Love or Blake Bortles or whatever else they're going to do a quarterback. But now that Rodgers is back, uh, that's as big a piece. You know, you always hear uh, triplets, you know, since the Cowboys. You know, who's, who's the team that's got the triplets? And you have the MVP. You have the guy who was the best receiver in football. The running back is pretty good as well, so don't overlook Aaron Jones.
Uh, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS uh, Sports with us, CBS Sports uh, HQ, uh, one of the best, if not the top fantasy football gurus in the business, kicking it with us. All right, so we'll take a quick break right here on SiriusXM Channel 204 uh, Sports Rage late night, and we'll talk some quarterbacks, some wide receivers on the other side. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Dispensing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I've got football fever. Somebody call a doctor. Let's do this thing. Man, I, you know, I'm so jacked up. Uh, we're ready to bet on football. We're ready to watch football. We're ready to talk about football. And we're ready to start drafting some football players in our fantasy football leagues. Like I know you are tuning in right now. We've got one of the best in the business helping us out right now. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports, in the house. So uh, we talked about sort of the top consensus picks. I want to talk quarterbacks uh, with you. And I know you do a million interviews and you get asked the same thing. Who's the sleepers, uh, et cetera. So I'm not going to so much ask uh, about sleepers, but I want to just throw some quarterbacks at you. So we got Mahomes. We got Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. And a guy I wanted to ask you about is Justin Herbert. Is Justin Herbert getting drafted too low? And what's your opinion on Herbert coming into the year? I'll sort of start at Herbert. And can he put up these monster numbers that some of these top-tier guys can uh, in year two? We don't typically see rookie quarterbacks play like that. you know. And so the hope is that that's the jumping-off point and he, don't get, he can only get better from here. 
Uh, clearly, there's a change, you know, with the coach. There's a change in the coordinator. You know, um, Joe Lombardi yeah. coming in. Is he going to help Justin Herbert, or are we going to see maybe him trying to force that Saints system that he tried to bring to Detroit, where it didn't work for a big, strong arm quarterback like Matthew Stafford, and Stafford had some struggles in Lombardi's system. But I think you saw, you know, Herbert. He'll run a little bit, you know, just enough to, you know, give you those few extra points. Uh, very good receiving core, maybe not great. You know, losing Hunter Henry and replacing him with Jared Cook is probably a downgrade for most people. Uh, I do like the addition of Josh Palmer, the rookie that they drafted out of Tennessee. But Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is a pretty good duo to start with, and they have one of the best pass-catching running backs in football in Austin Eckler. So I think Herbert's you know, priced appropriately. You know, he's not in the top five. Uh, he shouldn't be. Uh, for me, he's behind Russell Wilson also because I do think Wilson is going to get the opportunity to play like we saw in the first half last season. So Herbert, I think, is kind of that bridge. You know, there, there's, there's a very good six. Um, he probably belongs closer to the group of Rodgers, who I think is going to fall back a little bit. Uh, Brady, who is, you know, it's hard to, you know, bank on a 44-year-old doing it time and time again, even though he's done it. But uh, I think we all still fall for him. At least I'll, I'll speak for myself. I fall for it. At some point, he's going to fall off the you know, cliff a little bit. Maybe this is the year. But um, that next that, group of quarterbacks, you know. <laughs> the next group of quarterbacks. I'm up on that. <laughs> <laughs> that next group of quarterbacks, I think, is where Justin Herbert belongs. And, and so if you're not necessarily the type of fantasy manager that says, I have to have a quarterback early, I'll be fine waiting for one with a mid-round pick. Justin Herbert is perfectly fine to put on your fantasy team. I wanted to ask you that, and I know every draft is uh, different. Are you the type of guy that says, you know what, I got, I want to get a Mahomes, I want to get a Josh Allen on my team, or do you let the chips fall where they may? And I know it's, it's every draft is different that you're going to be in, Jamie. But uh, if generally, as you just stated, for for the casual fantasy player that sort of takes that approach, no, no, I don't, I, you know, I, I take my quarterback later. What's your approach on that? I'm typically a wait on quarterback guy, you know, and, and the nice thing is, is that there, there is a group of, you know, six to seven. If you want to throw Brady and Rodgers in that group, you, you know, eight, eight, eight to nine guys that are, have the chance to be really successful. You know, I, I think scoring matters. You know, I, I, I know, like you said, every draft is different, but scoring matters. So four points for passing touchdowns versus six points for passing touchdowns because that's where a guy like, you know, Rodgers and Brady, the ones that don't run anymore. Uh, Rodgers, you know, a little bit more than Brady, clearly, but the guys that don't run, it doesn't matter. Uh, four points for passing touchdowns. The running quarterbacks are a little bit more intriguing. But I usually wait for that group of Brady. And uh, for me, Ryan Tannehill's a, a big target this year with the addition of Julio Jones. Um, I'm a I'm a Jalen Hurts believer right now. That's changing by the day because of all of that practice <laughs> yeah. sports and, and the Devontae Smith injury. You know, those are an encouraging things. So, uh, but his running ability sort of sets him apart. Uh, and then you factor in, you know, a couple guys you can get later, like Stafford. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fun. Um, I'm hopeful that Trey Lance wins the job because I think he could be fun. So quarterback is a deep position. You know, I'm never going to be somebody that has to take the first quarterback off the board in a one-quarterback league, and, and I'm saying this because if anybody goes to our site on CBSSports.com, we just did a super flex mock draft on Thursday. Uh, I had the second overall pick. I took Mahomes because in those formats, quarterbacks matter more. Uh, but for the most part, I'm going to wait on quarterbacks, and I'm going to take one of the guys that's in, you know, closer to number 10 than it is to number one. Jamie Eisenberg with us. What's your thoughts on uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, who's generally been you know, one of those – reliable go-to guys, right? You know, when everybody takes the top-tier guys, you come in like, yeah, give me Matt Stafford, give me a Matt Ryan type, right? So Stafford has made people money over the years um, in the fantasy realm. What's your take with him with the Rams right now? Another guy that you get late and and you should be happy about. Um, I I think, you know, you you see – this is probably the most depth he's had at his wide receiver position, you know, talent around him. Clearly when you play with a guy like Calvin Johnson – 
there's nobody on the Rams roster that's close to that. But as a group with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and hopefully healthy Sean Jackson and Tyler Higby, you know, it, it, it's a very good group and maybe the deepest group of receivers that he's had. It's probably the best play caller that he's had, you know, with, with Sean McVay. And now you lose Cam Akers, who was going to give this offense a ton of bounce. I like Daryl Henderson. I think he's got a very, very good – he's got potential. He's got, you know, good upside. But uh, the, the duo of Akers and Henderson is better than just Henderson by himself. So now it falls on Stafford to carry this offense, uh, you know, probably more than Sean McVay was hoping for. But I think he's got the chance to do it. And so we always talk about value, you know, and, and Stafford's one of those guys that if you don't want to take – those top five quarterbacks. If you don't love Herbert or Tannehill or Brady or that group, Rodgers as well, you wait another round or two, you take Stafford, and he may have 5,000 yards. He may have 40-plus touchdowns. I'd probably put it at 4,540 as the ceiling. That's a pretty good quarterback that you can get close to, you know, round eight or nine. I want to ask you about a guy um, in a city that I know you used to live in and cover the football team, and they're sort of ranked uh, right next to each other, and Baker Mayfield and Tua. Is Baker... Is Baker sort of a dark horse, or do they run the ball too much uh, for your liking? Because I see some guys that are ranked ahead of Baker that I'm not sure about, like Kirk Cousins specifically. Um, Like Kirk Cousins, and we got Tua right there. So I'll ask you about those two guys, Baker Mayfield and Tua. What's your opinion on these two guys coming into the year? I think this is a floor versus ceiling play. So to me, Baker has the safer floor. You know, you've seen what he can do. Uh, you know what this team is. They're going to be a run-first team, so there's not yep. going to be a lot of opportunities, I think, for him to throw the ball all over the place. What about with Beckham what... back, though? What about with Odell back? A couple I, of deep I, passes? I don't, you know, uh, there'll, there'll be shots. You know, he's going to have some good moments for sure. You know, Baker is safe. And so if you want, you know, a safe quarterback, yeah, yeah, and this is yeah. more of those super flex leagues, those two quarterback yeah. leagues, Baker's fine, but I don't think Baker is a league winner. You know, he, he's he, he, he's not a game he won't, manager. He won't, so he's he won't win of, it for you, but he won't lose it for you, right? He's just sort of that guy for you, right? right? He's just that right. guy, I, yeah. I, and especially in this offense, you know, with, with giving Nick Chubb the contract extension, that's always kind of telling when you got two guys up for a deal, Chubb and, and, and Baker, they paid the running back first. If he's just paid the running back, obviously, you got to be more creative. But, they, you know, they, they, I think that kind of tells you that they – they probably feel that if, if they had to get another quarterback similar to Baker, they probably can get by, whereas maybe Chubb is a little bit of a difference maker at his position, and he's, you know, he's a borderline you know, rushing champion two years ago. So uh, for what this team is, you know, they're a run-first team, you know, throw the ball second, even with Beckham back. Uh, we know the narrative, which I think is stupid, but the narrative is obviously Baker played better without Beckham. I, I don't know how you can take one of the best players in this position and say you play better without him, but you know, statistically he did for whatever reason. But to me, too, is the ceiling play. You know, we just don't know what we're going to get. And yeah. you have a receiver core now that has so much speed on the field. You know, if Waddle and Fuller are healthy and right, play to their level, um, that, that's as good of a speed duo that you'll find. And then Devontae Parker, you know, he's been a bust for where he was drafted, but he's played better of late. And certainly uh, this coaching staff uh, has gotten the most out of him. So uh, a good trio of receivers, and then Mike Gusecki is a good fourth option. They're probably going to throw the ball more. You know, this is going to be a team, you know, where the Browns run to throw. I think the Dolphins throw to run. You know, they're going to be a team that's going to be a little bit more down the field, uh, you know, throwing the ball to those receivers and leaning on that part of their offense. So I think that the, the ceiling play for me is two of the four players, Baker. The two guys that I think have terrorized me the most in fantasy football, bro, over the last, like, 10, 15 years, Devontae Parker and Sammy Watkins, where, like, I would draft Devontae. I was like, no, no, I'm, like, I bought way in when he was a kid. No, no, this is his year. This is his year. And then when I don't touch him, I'm like, right, of course he lights it up now. Why why, why not, Devontae? Because that's just the way it goes. So before we get you out of here, we got about two minutes here. Um, so you talked about Saquon Barkley. 
Uh, Kenny Galladay is injured already right now, and I really want to like. I, I like Joe Judge. I like the intensity. I like the fight that they had. I know Danny Dimes earned a lot of respect by jumping in the pile, even though I don't think the coaching staff likes seeing him uh, pinned at the bottom of it at the end of the uh, the melee. But what about Galladay? What about Barkley? And what about Daniel Jones? A lot of pressure on Gettleman and Jones, the joint at the hip. They brought in a lot of talent, but is his talent getting injured already before the season starts? What's your take on Jones? Is he is he worth a flyer? Is he stay away? What's your take on Danny Dimes? I, I think, you know, Jones is kind of similar to Tua. You know, a guy that's gotten off to a slow start in his you know, early part of his career. You know, you, you see what the flashes could be. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones had three huge games as a rookie uh, when he took over for Eli Manning, but he yeah. just wasn't able to materialize that and build off that last year. Uh, losing Barkley, not having a player like Holiday, uh, that's not that, that was a problem for him. So, you know, I, I like the Giants' effort to, you know, bring talent around him and, and Kadarius Tony as well, their first-round rookie. So this is a good receiving core if everybody's on the field. But like you said, Tony's gotten off to a slow start because of, you know, some injury concerns. Uh, now Galladay's out two to three weeks. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, you know, those guys have had some injury woes of their own. And we know Evan Ingram uh, has a hard time catching the ball. So uh, a lot of this has to come together. You know, it, it's a lot of ifs. You know, so I think Daniel Jones is a guy. If you if you are inclined to take two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league, and you have a star, one of those top five guys, or Rogers, Brady, you know those, those caliber quarterbacks, you yeah. want to see what happens because the nice thing with Daniel Jones is he runs, and it's hard to find these running quarterbacks if they can you know make it all work. Uh, Barkley, I think, is still you know again somebody that you can feel comfortable about at the end of the first round. It might be a steal because if he's healthy, he's going to be a top five caliber player. Um, Galladay makes me nervous at this point just because, you know, a guy that's got an injury track record, and like we talked about, you know, when you can see injuries year after year, that's when it becomes a problem, and he just seemed to be uh, the last couple seasons hurt all the time, and, and getting hurt in training camp with a new team is a little problematic. I'm sure the Maras are thinking, too. I thought it was a very un-Mara type of move to go out and give give a wide receiver like that all that money. And and as you stated, here he is beat up already. Hey, Jamie, I really appreciate your insight, uh, man, and I know all of our listeners do as well. The great Jamie Eisenberg, CBS uh, Sports. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us, Jamie. It's always a pleasure, my man. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Late Night Anger Management Cross continues. Fun fact. Even if the last sport you played was tag in fourth grade, you can still be a sports expert. Just keep it here. And get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. The Pat McAfee. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. What? Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Maranci. Thanks to Jamie Eisenberg for joining us. Great stuff. Love talking fantasy football. It's great to have football back. It's great to be a winner. Um, we'll keep track of our, of our NFL preseason record. There's always the parasites and the maggots. Uh, I see people in chat, oh, how come these guys don't post their records? Number one, we're not handicappers, right? I don't post my record. Am I selling you picks, jackass? I see people, how come Marenzi doesn't post his record? I'm not selling picks. That's, that's why I'm a talk show host who happens to be a better that shares my bets with people, right? So number one. Number two, for all the parasites, maggots, and jackasses out there, which I know there's a lot of you and you're tuning in, but you only check in like you hope I have a bad night and then you check in, right? So, uh, number two is if you tune in to Game Time Decisions, me and Cam are unlike any other show. A lot of other people, well, I don't know much, I don't bet this, or I don't, you know. If you tune in to our show, we have like 27 bets a night. What do you want me to do? Sit here and track this stuff every night? I got a life. Unlike you, I actually have a life. And like Joey Odessa said, he doesn't care about like records and trophies. He cares about making money. Right? But with that being stated, we will track our NFL preseason record. Cause it's gonna be trackable, right? We'll probably bet twenty preseason games or something. I don't know how many we'll bet. We'll see. We'll see as as it as it comes. And we'll track our CFL record as well, because there's only four games a week. So also it's trackable. You know, we can track an NFL. NFL is trackable. College is, you know, the thing is, once you get into the end games and stuff, because we're on the air during a lot of these games, right? I mean, we're going to be on the air during NFL Sunday again. We've been on every Sunday. We'll be on again. Except this year, it's a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I we don't, should wait for their official football announcement and stuff. But for years, man, and I got to tell you, this is the first time ever at least on this network, since we've been doing NFL Sunday coverage, and it's been a long time, I've always been on at 1 o'clock Eastern time. But uh, this year I'll be on for the late games. Like NFL in-game live. I'll be on for the late games this year. So I'll be on for like the uh, the 4 o'clock Eastern games as opposed to the 1 o'clock. We've always done the early stuff. This year we'll be doing the uh, the later games. And uh, you know what? There's a good late game uh, schedule uh, this year. We're going to get a lot of great games, and that'll lead into uh, it'll lead into the Sunday nighter, and then we'll be back after the Sunday nighter for all the recap and um, 
the recaps, and then, of course, take a look at Monday Night Football. Football, football. Speaking of football, Kenny Galladay, we just discussed this with Jamie. Kenny Galladay is expected to miss a couple of weeks right now. It's not good. right? You just pay this guy big money, and it's one of those deals, too, where you just gave him a big money, long-term deal, so it's going to be, well, we can't rush him back because, you know, we paid him all this money, and, you know, he's going to be here. Man, that's why, you know, a lot of that teams were smart in the NFL not to to pay Kenny Galladay. I hate to say it, but similar situation. Julio Jones. Julio Jones misses practice again. Um, well, that's, you know, Julio Jones a tough dude, but he's one of these guys that, I don't know, he's going to be hurt a lot. You just know it. If you're Atlanta, it was crazy. Oh, they're letting Julio Jones go? Matias, you're a Falcon fan. You know, it sucked at the time, but business-wise, it was the smart thing to do, right? You've already got the best from Julio Jones' career, bro. I look at Julio Jones a lot like Kyle Lowry, right? And it's the same thing. It's like, it's nothing personal. We love you. You were great to the organization. You're a freaking stud, and we're not even saying you're done. But what we're saying is we don't want to give you hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> All right? Like, you know what I mean? You're paying players in sports. You draft players in sports. You pay players in sports for what they're going to do, not what they've done. If you start paying people for what they've done in life, like, you're screwed. Right? You're not paying. Like, you know what I mean? You're, what, if you're, you're going to pay, that's like people paid Nick Foles big money because he won a Super Bowl. They were stupid. Nick Foles didn't win a Super Bowl. He was in the right place at the right time. He played good on Super Bowl Sunday. Give him credit. He did it. But you don't turn around and give the guy a big contract after. And it's funny, too. It's, it's crazy. As you get older, you really do see things differently. I hate to admit it. Although I'm still a metalhead and stuff. And I still hate society. Uh, but <laughs> I think people are stupid. But sort of like Olympic sports. You know? I didn't watch water polo when I was younger. Now nah, I'm watching water polo and I can't wait. I'm mad when the game's over. But you sort of, you sort of, you know, everything is emotional when you're younger in life, right? You know, you break up, someone leaves you, or you do, you know what I mean? Oh, why? And, you know, everything is like, and then you realize after a while, they left me because I was a jerk and I was an idiot, right? Like, as you get old, you see things differently. And I used to get mad, too. Why don't you just pay the guy? Oh, be loyal to the player. Be loyal. And there's no loyalty in sports. Sports is a business, right? Sports is a business. Guy plays for a team. It's just a jersey, guys. It's like, it's like a radio station, right? You know, you know. I mean, like it's, it's you know, it's funny. People will love. Like, imagine, like, uh, think about this in sports. It's funny. Like, people will love a guy, but then he's on another team, and I've been guilty of it. People will love a guy, but then he's on another team, and then they don't. So imagine, like, you know, I've been on a bunch of stations over the years. So imagine, like, suddenly it's like, wow, he's not on this network anymore, so I don't, you know, right? It's so stupid. It really is. I get it. But when you're younger, you get passionate. Oh, screw him. He's on the other team and stuff. You realize you get older, it's a freaking business. It's a job to them. It's a business. Fans take this more personally than, than, uh, than players do. And then you realize the business aspect of it and, and the hard aspect of it. And it sucks to do it in sports. Right? It sucks to do it. But you've always got to be a step ahead. Right? It sounds crazy with the last dance, right? And I hate to say this, but Kraus and Reinsdorf were right, bro. The Chicago Bulls were would not have won again, I don't think. As crazy as it sounds, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I don't you know what I mean?
I think the Bulls won that year because they knew it was the last dance. They were told before the year started, like, that. listen, you guys are getting old. <laughs> and, yeah, we're winning all the time, but we're, like, we're losing money, essentially. We're, like, like that. people don't, fans don't realize it. It's a story about O.J. Simpson actually told before O.J. became a psychopath. Um, O.J. Simpson told a story, and I know I'm a diehard Bills fan, lifelong Bills fan, so... O.J. Simpson was a great running back with the Bills, right? 2,000 yards, the electric company, they were called. And O.J. was like 1976, and I think the Steelers were the champions in 75 or whatever, you know, 76, 75. And um, the Bills, like, beat them, and, like, the Bills were good. Like, the Bills were, like, really good type thing and close. And then O.J. Simpson was, like, the best player in the league, one of the best players in the league. And... O.J. Simpson, like, got, like, a raise type thing. But, so O.J. Simpson told Ralph Wilson in a meeting, like, type with his agent. They're sitting there. It's O.J., O.J.'s agent, and whatever. And Buddy's like, all right, I don't have a choice, so I'll sort of pay you a bit. So he paid O.J. And O.J. said, listen, he goes, I'm telling you, sir. He goes, and O.J., you know, O.J. was a badass, right? And O.J. said, I'm telling you, sir. He goes, if you just sign a couple of more guys, he goes, I promise you, I'll win the Super Bowl for you this year. And OJ told him, he goes, we'll win the Super Bowl. He goes, just get, he goes, we're just missing like a wide receiver. He goes, we're just like a couple of, and OJ even suggested. He goes, I'm not telling like to get this guy and that guy. He just said, he said, we're a couple of players away, sir. He said, we're really close. He goes, get these guys. He goes, I'm telling you, I'll win a Super Bowl for you. And Ralph Wilson point blank told him, win a Super Bowl. He goes, I don't want to win a Super Bowl. He goes, if I win a Super Bowl, he goes, I'll have every other guy on the team doing what you're doing right now, coming into my office wanting more money. He goes, things are fine the way they are. And I watched the Frontline special. You know Frontline, PBS, the news. I know people are like, what, PBS? Uh, Pinko Kami? No, no, it's not Pinko Kami. It's actually just, you know, no commercials, educated, smart people. So, there's a show called Frontline, and I haven't watched it in years, eh, Frontline? I used to watch it all the time. But, uh, I was on, you know, I watch a lot of old YouTube stuff, and I stumbled across uh, baseball, and the title was, What's Wrong With Baseball? And it was like, this is from 1993. And it was a Frontline uh, documentary on baseball. And it was about, like, salaries were about to get crazy in baseball, and it was basically about the owners. And they interviewed Carlton Fisk. And, you know, I don't want to get too detailed. But Carlton Fisk was, like, one of the first, like, big-time players to say, screw you, I'm not playing for this money. And people hated him. The fans turned on him. But his salary went from 80000 to 600000 because of what he did. And he, other people made money. But Carlton Fisk is in this. And this is, you know, and Fisk played for the, the Red Sox, legend in the 70s, etc. And... Fist said he realized, like, kind of in the 80s, going into the 90s, that it used to be, like, owners were kind of trying to win and stuff, right? Like, they were embarrassed if they didn't win, and they were trying to win. And he said, then, like, the new stadiums came, and there was all this new money in baseball. And he said he realized that owners, and the same thing that, like, Ralph Wilson just said to OJ, same thing. They told, like, Carlton Fish realized, like, an owner told him, like, I don't need to win. And he said, we just need to be competitive. And it's exactly it, right? 
because if teams win, guys, then you got to pay everybody. Right? And then the owners don't make as much money. You know when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the championship? So it's like, wow, the Cavaliers won a championship. Right? Oh, the Cavaliers won a championship first ever in Cleveland. And wow. And like, they lost like hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> they lost money. Yeah, the value of the team went up. But then LeBron left and it went down again. Because they were way over the luxury tax. They, they were paying LeBron and all these guys massive money, way over the cap, way over the luxury tax. And then on top of that, they're in Cleveland. All right? What do you think the local television rights are worth in Cleveland? Right? And what do you think they can get for a courtside ticket? Golden State Warriors in San Francisco, they get like $3,500 for a courtside ticket. New York Knicks, $3,000, $4,000. Toronto Raptors, you know, $3,000. How much do you think it costs to sit courtside at an Oklahoma City Thunder game? $140? Right? The math doesn't add up. So you're in this small market, and you win, and you lose money. Because you got to pay all this money to all these superstar players. You don't even get to charge the fans that much money to get in your arena. Your local television rights ain't worth that much because you're in Cleveland. Yeah, and it's almost like, well, whatever. I just won. Good. I got a ring, and I just lost $180 million. You know what? I'd rather not do this again. I know, like, people, it's hard. Like, a lot of sports fans don't get that, but it's true. I remember, like, the Pittsburgh Pirate owner said a couple of years ago, because, look, the Pirates suck, and they're never competitive. And, and the Pirate owner basically said, would you rather have a baseball team that's, like, not competitive, or would you rather not have a team at all? He basically told the people of Pittsburgh, right? I'm, we're never going to compete because I'm never going to spend money, but I'm making money, and if you don't like it, then whatever. I'll just move the team. Welcome to sports. There's only a handful of sports owners in all the sports combined that li literally, legitimately live and breathe and want to win a championship. The late-night anger matchbook class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Thanks to Jamie Eisenberg. Excellent stuff tonight. Great job. I can't wait. Uh, thanks to Teddy Covers, uh, Big Card Julio. Um, can't wait to, uh, man, just start talking football on a nightly basis. We're going to get through the Olympics. Some uh, overnight Olympic action. We're fired up uh, for the gold medal game. Uh, the Canadian women are in extremely tough. We're not kidding ourselves. Against uh, Sweden. They haven't lost in 17 consecutive matches. If Canada lose, it'll be in heartbreaking fashion. I don't think they get smoked. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, they lost two or three nothing. Like, I don't think it's like that. If they lose, like, Canada have been living dangerously, right? They they beat Brazil with penalty kicks. You know, the United States game was ultra close, and Canada scores right right late. Like, you know, it's they've, they've been living dangerously. They have that team of destiny thing going for them. The Swedes are like, you know... The Swedes are, you know, like I said, they haven't lost 17 straight games, but Canada have seven clean sheets in their last 12 games, too. Canada's back end is very good. So I'm going to take a little sprinkle on Canada. It's small play Canada, plus 200 to win the gold medal in any fashion. So you get plus 200, and they can win in any way. It's too good to pass up. I'll take Canada plus a goal. That'll be a little bit bigger bet. I'll take Canada, you know, Canada plus a goal. And I really do like the under two and a half. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think one goal could win the game. It wouldn't shock me if it was nil-nil after 90 or somebody wins, somebody scores and hangs on to win one-nil. So I'm going to go under the two and a half, but you got to lay up too much juice to do it. I can't recommend a minus 250. So even though I already, this is how crazy I am, and I'm confident in them though, even though I already have, and you guys probably don't have this, but even though I already have the Netherlands to women, win in women's field hockey, <laughs> uh, you could parlay the under Two and a half in Canada, Sweden. All right, and um, and the Netherlands. All right, and the Netherlands to win women's field hockey. It'd be a nice little parlay. We're going to be on during the second half of the game tomorrow night. USA France. I'm leading with France plus the points right now. We're breaking down at six o'clock Eastern on Game Time Decision. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.